This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Hello, and welcome to another World of UX podcast. This is your host, Darren Hood. Thanks for taking the time to join us on today. A special welcome to those of you listening for the first time. We're currently going through a series where we're talking about today's sinister culture that's at work in the world of UX. And it's interesting as uh, I had some, some technical difficulties this week that that resulted in late production of, of the show. But it's funny that as I was working through some of the some of the issues with my computers and continuing to just have interactions with different people on social media and and engage in some conversations, answering some questions, the whole nine yards, things that, that we always do. It's interesting how some of the things that happened as I was waiting to start producing this week's episode, it's interesting how <laughs> I didn't think people could start becoming even more trollish and even more hostile. Uh, but it, it's just interesting the things that, that happen out there, the pictures that people paint, the straw man arguments and and questions that that come up. It, it's just really interesting how I, I, <laughs> this, I, I'm just amazed. I'm, I'm absolutely amazed. I love UX. I, I love everything about it. I love solving the design problems. I love coming up with solutions for the things that that I'm working on, the things that I'm handling. But oh my God, the the mindsets that people come up with are absolutely amazing. The gaslighting that is at work. You you can't. I, I say this all the time. It's called social media, and there are so many people that do not have social skill especially the people. And this is one of those, we're diving into the list and, and and I'm starting off today's list as we pick up on number six in our list that the, the volume of trolling today, I'll just piggyback off of what I was talking about uh, since that was number 10, but I'll flip it up to number six today. And we're going to, we're going to try to cover more today than we have been in the past. It's amazing how, I'll tell you exactly what happened uh, that, that actually led to this. There was a, something, people have seen this before. Somebody will come on the social media and they'll present two designs. It's all visual, uh, first and foremost. They, 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 some of them claim to be doing it for research purposes. It, it, that, that's not research, number one. Uh, it's all visual, so it's it's not predominantly UX. It's predominantly UI. Uh, you don't need any UX people to chime in on it. And it doesn't matter because we're not the users and we have no context. And and people remember these. They used to pop up everywhere. Which design do you like better? No context, no nothing. Asking people for input. People with no, they don't suspect anything is up. They chime in. You get a thousand responses to it, even though it has absolutely no merit whatsoever. And these have pretty much, so many of us were talking about how this is a waste of our time and this is, we shouldn't be doing this. And eventually people, because of those responses, people started backing off and you didn't see them anymore. All of a sudden in the last week, they start to resurface and, and then we start pick up right where we left off and start to tell people, this is not the way to go. 
We shouldn't be doing this, yada, yada, yada. Now, with this reoccurring of these terrible, uh, which design do you like better, so-called polls or whatever you want to call them, now there's a wave of people along with them who, when you make a comment to talk about how we shouldn't be doing this, they start to attack the people who make the comments saying that we shouldn't do it, especially when they come out and say, that's not professional. No, it's not professional to present a straw man poll. So let's start at the beginning. Uh, and, and then no matter what you say, they're going to gaslight you. They're going to pretend like something else is going on. Uh, and then some of them will even go as far as to, they get upset. And I have one person start to go through all of my posts and start a chain trollish reaction or response. This is the kind of stuff people don't realize how much this is hurting the discipline, especially they only come at certain people too. They only come at people that they think are going to be vulnerable or easier to attack. Uh, they don't attack. Number one, well, actually they don't, a lot of the people who were some of the first folks to stick, stick their, their toe in the water with regard to what we now call UX back in the in the nineties, those people don't say a whole lot. Some of them do, but they don't, they don't, like going out there and putting themselves out there and calling out the craziness that's going on in the UX today. So they stay off the radar of these people to a great extent. But uh, for those that do, folks are still careful to only get really ornery with certain people because I'm a person of color. They don't, they don't value me anyway. So they just come right, right at me with certain things. And, you know, I do the same thing. I don't have time for trolls. I just block them. Uh, some people say, well, I, someone said uh, just recently, you just block somebody because they disagree. Nope. I block somebody because they're childish. I block somebody because they're rude. I block somebody because they're not willing. If they do want to dialogue about it or they, the, the people who just don't, they don't know how to disagree agreeably. And because people, that kind of stuff will hurt you bad. If you don't, if, it's funny that I'm about to say this because a lot of people don't, they don't experience what I experience. And because of that, they don't care and they don't empathize. If you did, you would do the same exact thing because you start to realize that when these people make these crazy or post these crazy responses, it's not just a crazy response. It has a lot of tremendously detrimental impact if you leave these things out there because there's a bunch of people who believe whatever they read. They believe whatever they see. And if you leave this stuff out there when people are are gaslighting and engaging in slanderous and libelous remarks, um, that kind of stuff does hurt people to the extent that it can damage someone's career aspirations. It can da damage someone's livelihood. These people should not be played with. But here's the thing. We do what we can for the discipline, for the good of the discipline. We help educate people. We we spend time answering questions that people present. We give people guidance. We give people recommendations. We help people to grow. We only call something out because it's not good. If there's a bunch of nails on the road, we're going to tell you about that. So that doesn't mean that I'm wrong for calling out the nails on the road. Of course, all metaphorical, but that's the equivalent of it. We, we call those things out because we know it's detrimental to everybody. 
These same people who want to come at me, they don't they know the people who threw the nails on the road. They have nothing to say about that. They have nothing to say about the fact that the road is paved with nails. Some of them don't even recognize that there's even any nails on the road. So this type of thing, let's call things what they are, which a lot of people today either can't do, don't want to do, refuse to do, whatever it is. When someone does not want to call something what it is, then that is a problem. That poses a problem for everyone And as I always mention, I am not about to sit here and take that abuse. I'm not about to sit here and be silent. There is absolutely no way I'm putting up with that kind of criminal activity. It's downright criminal, criminal of people to do things of that nature, especially when they start, they want to start making it personal. Uh, And I know the difference between something that's personal and not. And when people start to make something personal, then you have to respond accordingly. So I block those people. I delete the things that they say, because they are slanderous, they are libelous, and there's some people that are so lazy that they will believe the slander, they will believe the libelous activity, and and you have to remove it or you're going to suffer even more consequences. So it's just pretty sad that, that people will do things like that, but it really, really hurts the discipline, and it is rampant today. I'm not the only person who experiences things like this. I know other people who experience things like this, and if you... But we are in the minority mainly because we're the ones who are willing to stand up and speak out about what we see and what we know to be detrimental. So people, in addition to developing a filter, because when people first come into UX, they don't have filters. It's and When people don't understand that something is wrong, I would hope that people would at least Start to engage in critical thinking. If you want to be in UX, you need to excel at critical thinking. If you don't excel in critical thinking, then that's going to actually deter your progress. It's going to delay any progress you make in the discipline because you can't operate in UX without it. This is not a UI arena. It's UX. It's design psychology. It's There's a lot that's going on in trying to, trying to devise proper solutions for the types of work that we do. And it requires critical thinking to get there. And critical thinking, if you only do critical thinking when you're doing the work, then you turn it off, then something is wrong. Either you're a critical thinker or you're not. And and critical thinkers are people who always leave their radar on. They're always understanding what's happening and then trying to come up with the right solutions to do the right thing. So so that's number six. That's That's the first one. The volume of trolling today, I never would have thought that it was going to become more quote unquote sophisticated, but uh, it is. People are going to even greater lengths to do what they do. And it's sad, but it, again, it's growing. I I, I look forward to, (laughs) I look forward to the end of my career. Frankly, I look forward to it because it's just the momentum is, is continuing in that direction and people did, they're not, they don't care about what's happening with it. So, you know, it is what it is on one end. Uh, going backwards in my list today, the next one that I want to bring up is, and, and it's related, the blind social media connections. It's like people will reach out and they request to connect. And again, it's social media. So it requires that people be social. And, but people like, they just completely forego that. And people reach out to connect and they do it without considering who they're connecting to. 
And, and, and somebody might think, okay, well, this goes on everywhere. And yeah, it does. But we're talking about the social or the, the sinister culture of UX today, that people reach out and they connect with some of us who are but louder voices in the discipline. I'm just putting it that way. They got to know what it is you're about. They got to know what you stand for. Today, they just connect. They, they don't know who they're connecting with. They don't know what we stand for. They haven't taken a look at other posts. They see maybe one post or one thing, and then they decide to connect. And then when they see something like the scenario that I just mentioned where someone, I mean, if, if you say that you're Google certified and you request to connect with me, you can't possibly be aware of the things that I'm saying because there is no such thing as a Google certified UX designer. That's not a certification. And, and so when people insist on that, I'll tell them, hey, that's not a certification. I don't want to see you misled. You're, you're, you're doing damage to yourself if you think that there is such a thing as a Google certified UX designer. So when I get those requests, you're, you're connecting blindly. If you're a UX writer, you can't possibly be aware, and you're trying to connect to me, you can't possibly be aware of my content. If you are, are saying UX UI, and no, that's not a reason for me to not connect with somebody. It's the people who are adamantly thinking that, uh, that, that this is a thing. And I do, I go ahead and connect with some people, even though that's in their title from time to time. Uh, that's not, again, not a reason to not connect with someone. The funny thing is when somebody connects with me on their end, they reach out to connect with me, and then they see me say, there's no such thing as UXUI, and then they ask me, well, uh, why do you say that? Can you explain? I'm not explaining that anymore. <laughs> I am not explaining that anymore. I have been explaining that. For years, I used to teach a class called UX versus UI. What's the difference? Where we spent all of our time in that class just flat out explaining why this is not a thing, talking about the damage it does to the perception of the discipline, talk about the devaluing that results for those who, who are on the outside looking in, and especially for new people coming on board. I, I interacted with somebody the other day that, of course, I told them, hey, there's no such thing as UXUI. And the person did not understand what in the world. And there, there's, a, there, there's a phrase for that. It's called anchoring bias. Some people believe the first thing they hear, the, the, all the things when a person first becomes a UX professional, Many people are learning things that are grossly inaccurate from the very beginning. And it takes a while to, to unlearn things when you learn things that are inaccurate, learn things that are non-authoritative, learn things that are falsehoods. Uh, it, it can really be problematic, not to mention all the damage that was done by them spreading that thing that they, that they thought was right. And they find out that it wasn't. How many people have you... In representing the discipline, how many people have you misrepresented the discipline to? And how many jaded mindsets have you contributed to or built early in your career because of things like that? And and I've had a couple people here just in the last couple of days here in the last few hours, actually. What do you mean by that? How is that how is that not the, the case? And in one case, and sort of piggybacking on the troll element, there was one instance where, where someone reached out to me and, and thank God at least they asked. 
the people who ask, hey, can you give me some clarity on that? I, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm clueless. Help me out. At least they're they're admitting something. So they, you have the ability to dialogue with those people, and I think that's great. Not the nasty people who ask you a question, then answer it, and then they're having a conversation with themselves, and then they start telling other people about you based on their fabricated and imaginary response. That that that's a troll. <laughs> that's a troll-like behavior. That's a troll trait. And, and and so I let the person know, hey, this is where UX is. And some of you listening to the show, you, you've seen my Pillars of UX illustration where we have the the heuristics and, and usability, information architecture, research, and interaction and interface design, and then all the outliers. And someone counted them recently. There's some, I can't remember if I mentioned this on a previous episode, but there's actually somewhere in the vicinity of 250 items listed in this illustration. And so I posted that, this, take a look at this, consider this. One of the trolls comes behind me, says that I should be more professional. There was nothing unprofessional about anything that I said or did. Uh, But, you know, it's always, it's amazing. I, I won't even get into it where there's certain people from certain parts of the world that, it's like they feel like it's their job to attack anybody of color. And no matter what we say and what we do, we're going to be presented a certain way. It's just really sad that that happens. But the two instances that I experienced in the last 24 hours, they both somebody from Europe happens a lot. I have a lot of great people that I interact with in Europe, no issues with them. But some of the more racist responses do come uh, from there. Uh, and then somebody from somewhere over in Asia did something else. And, and th- that's what happened in this case. Somebody came behind me. I posted that illustration. They came back, accused, accused me of giving an unprofessional response. Again, nothing unprofessional about it. Then they posted an illustration that had less information in it, less content, and was a it was a um like a a, a, a rehashed version of something that already existed, and it didn't even begin to touch on the complexities associated with how detailed UX really is. And, and, and I'm like, so you came behind me, criticized me and then offered up something worse. And then you actually don't even really have any experience in the discipline. That's the kind of things that, that trolls do is it's really, really sad. Like, why did you connect with me? That person the person that did that, who followed my response was connected to me. Why would you do that? Don't you know haven't you heard my talks? Have you heard any of the podcast episodes? Have you seen any of, the, any of the educational work that I've done to help people in the community? Why would you even do that? So this blind connecting to people, it, it's sad. Uh, we can't always pick up on it initially as the person who's been connected to. And But once I realize that a person is really hostile and they connected to me for God knows what reason, uh, because they don't really value what it is that I'm that I'm doing, uh, then I go ahead and I block the individual. Because again, I, I don't have time to engage with someone who's going to behave like a child. It's you do ha- if you don't protect your own mental well being, then you're going to really smart for that. And so I highly recommend that you do when you when people connect with you and you find out that they have ill intent. Uh, it is in your best interest to to cut those people off, or you're going to have a lot of headaches. <laughs> that you're going to have some some problems with. Uh, 
So at any rate, just really, really sad today. So the volume of trolling is off the charts. These people who connect without any understanding of who they're connecting to. Um, yeah. Once I find out they're, they're done, I'm, I'm not looking to find more and more people to, to interact with. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to do today. I, I want to connect if there, if, if there is, we can, we can vault each other forward. Yeah. Uh, but if you're just here just to cause problems, no, we don't, we don't have time for that. And, and, and some of the things I mentioned with that one, moving on to the third one today said I was going to move faster today is that why is it that folks in 2023 folks still don't know and I'm sort of repeating something I said earlier because it was sort of interwoven, this particular one. And this is number six on my list uh, of six through 10 that I'm trying to get through today. Why is it in 2023 people do, still don't understand that UX slash UI is reflective of a misdirected mindset? It This is still happening. And this is a part of the sinister culture today at work that you have people who are in the number, who, who are amongst Practicing UX professionals who still embrace UX UI or don't understand the problem that it's creating. And and a lot of people, they learned it. They learned it. And so they they have no idea that it's misdirection. But then when they hear it, they fight against it and, and, and they ground themselves in that anchoring bias instead of engaging in critical thinking and checking it out. I, there was a time in my in my life I didn't feel that I didn't understand it. Keep in mind, you the whole UX slash UI stuff didn't start popping up until around when all the misinformation started coming out, 2010, 2011. Uh, UX UI may have come out. I don't remember seeing it in twenty in 2010. I'm just saying it just in case. I don't know, but I do know that there was no misinformation in UX prior to 2011, and that you didn't start seeing it. Definitely, I didn't start seeing it until. 2011, 2012, 2013, I actually had it in my title once in my career, didn't think anything of it, uh, but it was given by somebody who has never really defended the discipline and and has been someone who's been part of the misinformation. Uh, so go, go figure. But for folks to not consider that there's something wrong with that is an issue. I continue to fight that battle. I continue to share with people. UX UI, it is a problem. Uh, they're not, anytime you see a slash, that implies that the two things are interchangeable. They're not interchangeable. And, and people need to understand that. And people need to understand that when we miscommunicate about who we are, that produces a lot of problems for our discipline. People already want to take our work from us. They already want to, they want to democratize what we do and then people don't think that saying UX slash UI, that there's no fallout. According with that, some folks are going to fight against it and then they're going to learn, oh man, it really is an issue and that's all fine. But but some people get downright like ornery about it. They get they get hostile and, and that's when the whole interaction becomes very toxic and and then that's when you have to back off. But the fact that it's still, people don't understand that it's part of misdirection, whether it's intentional or not, that still contributes to a sinister culture at work at UX today. So for that reason, it makes the list. Next on the list is that there is, there's a lot of things, a lot of directions I could go with this next one, but there's rampant sexism at work today 
in UX circles. And it, it's it's something, I love my UX sisters. I'm, I'm all for them. I'm all for all that. And, and to me, just do the work. Really don't care who does what. I, I couldn't care less. But there is a sinister set of activity today where there are some folks, usually females, just saying it for what it is, who they want to see other females get a lot of opportunities. And I want to see a lot of females get a lot of opportunities too. Because it's sad when anybody is discriminated against. It's really bad. Let me make that clear. However, there are some when they get the opportunity and they want to see other females get the opportunity so much that they're willing to step on other people. Now, at that point, it is now sexist because now and what makes it worse is these people are doing, they're claiming that females uh, didn't get opportunities before ladies were not getting the opportunities before and they should have opportunities now. And yeah, they should. Yep. All for that. Gotcha. Thumbs up. But they get to the point where they start becoming guilty of the same thing that was being done to them previously. I said that in another show where I talked about the different isms and, but it's, it's really, I'm seeing it even more than I saw it two or three years ago where they will actually see somebody who's not female want to give the opportunity to a female so bad that they will pretend that the other candidate does not exist because they're not a female and give the opportunity to someone else simply because they are a female. That is sexist, and and you don't get to engage in it just because you were a part of a discriminated uh, um, a group previously. It's like me going out and only giving people opportunities because they were people of color and then not giving an opportunity to somebody else because they're not a person of color. Because you have been a target in the past does not give you a right to have some kind of special uh, a way where you can operate and you're not guilty of the same thing that you were that you were a victim of before. This is something that I'm seeing a lot in UX circles. Again, it doesn't do the 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 discipline any favors. It's not helping the discipline. It's not vaulting us forward. It's not fair. It's not equitable. It shouldn't be done. And it, but it's really, really sad, and, and it's happening at pretty <laughs> pretty epidemic numbers uh, today. And, and some people are going to get angry at me for saying this, but if, if so, then you're just being blind because it's happening. And if you look around enough, you'll see it. If you haven't seen it, maybe you just haven't been in a certain place. I'm here to tell you that it is happening. It's rampant. It's problematic. Uh, and it always results. It always comes back to bite the people, the organizations that that do it, and it's going to bite the discipline, and we can't afford it. Period. We flat out can't afford it. Okay, so I am. I made my goal. I'm going to cover five today. So my last one for today, and again, these are all things that we see. You got to learn to navigate it. You need to be aware of it, so you're not guilty of these things. Uh, that's what we're calling out. That's why we're calling these things out today. But the last one is going to. Uh, probably generate some laughs, the overvaluing of portfolios. Uh, This has been going on. I remember when I got my first full-time 
UX gig, I did have to present a portfolio. Uh, I didn't have any problems presenting the portfolio. I did my best with that portfolio. The people who did review my first portfolio knew what they were looking at and they knew how to evaluate it. And there were three people, if I remember correctly, who reviewed my portfolio at that time. When I went to, I had interviews with two, two digital agencies, digital design agencies back around the same period of time. Ironically, neither of them wanted to see my portfolio. Matter of fact, I interviewed with more, I had more than two interviews with digital design agencies back then, and they never wanted to see my portfolios. Isn't it interesting that the companies where the vast majority of the first UX-related jobs, what we now call UX, where those jobs were held, that they really had no interest in looking at portfolios. Isn't that funny? If you were trying to get, of course, we were mostly interaction designers and information architects, but back then... I interviewed a few times at digital agencies and was never one time asked to present a portfolio. It was the corporate place, getting the jobs in the corporations, the the banks and the medical places, things of that nature. That's where people were asking for, for portfolios, which was interesting because those are the people who were least likely to see a portfolio and know how to figure out what in the world was going on and to understand whether or not what was demonstrated in that portfolio was going to help accomplish what they were claiming that they wanted to accomplish. Fast forward through, man, I, I, man, I'm just thinking about some of the different places that I've worked. Um, the places that wanted to see a portfolio, the people that didn't want to see a portfolio, the people who gave me a job offer with and without portfolios. It's interesting that today, again, there was no misinformation practically in UX prior to 2011, where today it's rampant to the extent that people think that the things that shouldn't belong are actually things that are are perfect for evaluating things associated with UX or or just people just things that are not part of UX. I remember I told somebody uh, in this whole UX UI conversation, somebody said, what do you mean there's no UX UI? And then they, they posted the, a screenshot of a job posting and circled UX UI. And to them, the fact that somebody was claiming it in a job posting meant that it was real. So it's like, and people don't realize that that's very actually Hitler-esque because that's how Hitler came into power by saying something enough times that people will believe that it's a thing. That's where that part of where that was made famous. It's amazing. The fact that people believe uh, something doesn't mean that it's really true. And the fact that it keeps showing up everywhere doesn't mean that it's an accurate representation, but people believe that because anchoring bias is ruling and, and people just jump on the bandwagon, the bandwagon effect. That's another bias component. But at any rate, it's really interesting that here in 2023, just watching how things have evolved, and and when I say evolved, just how things have naturally grown, but weeds evolve too. So let, let's not look at evolution that all evolution is, is genuine and valuable. It, it's not. It simply isn't. And so when you look at how people look at portfolios, I got to have a portfolio, and they don't realize you, you, you show somebody your portfolio you get the job or you don't, you get feedback or you don't. In many cases, people get feedback, then they make changes based on the feedback only to present that same portfolio that's now been revised to someone else who has a completely different 
mental model when it comes to portfolios, and then they provide feedback or they respond a certain way, and then the person makes another change, and they just keep going in these vicious circles, making changes based on feedback that has no merit, that it really doesn't have any accuracy associated with it. There's nothing viable about the feedback because the people looking at it many times have no idea how to review a portfolio. So it's just really, really sad. So I, I really, I mean, I'm in it now too because I have to provide a portfolio. I know people who refuse to provide portfolios today and they get hired without portfolios. What a novel idea. It's just amazing. And then you get these people that they try to put together their portfolio and it's all predominantly visual. It's not really telling a story. It's not letting anybody know what that person can and can't do from a UX perspective. It's only just a little song and dance that many times are approved by people who were only looking for a song and a dance. And then they wonder why they can't get anything done or accomplish anything to benefit the business from a UX perspective. Because you you brought in somebody who did a song and a dance. For it. They did a little tap shoe with their, with their pretty portfolio content when the vast majority of what we do in UX is not pretty. So if the portfolio was pretty, they haven't demonstrated that they can do any UX work. It, it's, it, it's amazing. But when you think about all of these dysfunctional things associated with portfolios, and we're going to talk about this in great detail in an upcoming series, that, but the, the way that portfolios are being overvalued is just creating the, this, the, it's contributing to the massive amounts of dysfunction that are at work in UX today. And because of that, it's just another sinister trait because people are embracing it as if it's accurate. They're embracing it as if it's valid. And, and this is not the case. When somebody presents a portfolio, it should tell their story. It should demonstrate what they have done. Uh, and, and what they have done is not necessarily indicative of what they can do. And, and I know that my portfolio demonstrates all of these things, but when I present my portfolio to somebody who doesn't know how to evaluate a portfolio, they're going to come away with the wrong conclusion. And then they'll opt for somebody with a fraction of my, a very small fraction of my experience, I should say, and all everything in their portfolio is pretty. It, it demonstrates nothing with regard to UX. And then when you have all of these non-UXers in your UX department, and you present something on a regular basis to people in leadership and, and really indirectly telling them that UX is all about the visuals and you wonder why you everybody gets laid off later or you wonder why. It, it's just an amazing, amazing thing today. But folks, these are things that we need to combat. These are things we need to navigate as I begin to wrap up on today, the volume of trolling the only thing you can do is don't be a troll. Don't entertain trolls. Don't empower trolls today. And there's a lot of people who are supposedly seasoned, or they are seasoned UX professionals that are actually empowering trolls today, but that, that's another topic for another time. Uh, the blind social media connections. When you connect to somebody, have a reason for it. You know, we can't stop the people that are doing it, but you can make sure you're not one of them. The the rampant sexism today, just don't engage in the sexist activity and the sexist Behavior, make sure things are, are accomplished based on merit. Make sure that that people are, that you're doing things for the right reasons and, and control as much as you can. Um, 
Make sure that you understand that UXUI is reflective of a misdirected mindset. Today, make sure you understand the difference between the two, that one is a subset of the other, and, and that you can't do one without the other, actually, that not successfully, but you can do UI without UX, which is another reason why there is no slash between them, because there's no guarantee that they are actually connected, So, which is another implication with the slash, but it's, it's not... It, we need to be more mature in our representation and presentation of, of the discipline today. And then lastly, again, uh, make sure you don't overvalue portfolio. They're a necessary evil today. You're always going to run into a buzzsaw with portfolios because there's too many people that don't understand them. But do what you can. Do your best. And the chips are going to fall where they may, whether we like it or not. <laughs> so, But these are five more elements associated with the sinister culture of UX today. Uh, Let's navigate it. Let's overcome it. Let's do and be our best. And that's all we can ask. And these things, they are what they are. And and again, let's let's do our best with them. But that's all the time we have for today, folks. We're going to sign off here. So this is Darren Hood, the host of The World of UX, signing off. Until next time, happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.